Welcome to Look Behind the Look, the new podcast that examines iconic looks in film, television, music, and fashion history. I'm your host, Tiffany Bartok. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me again and listening or watching Look Behind the Look. However you consume it, I'm grateful that you're here. I'm coming to you straight from the land of burning the candle at both ends. I gotta say, I am exhausted. I know you guys probably are too. Mercury was in retrograde. It's now headed the other direction. And it was kind of cool. It was kind of a cool vibe, this Mercury, I feel like. Did you feel the same way or were you totally scrambled eggs? I saw a lot of hopeful little gurglings in the in the universe of things that might come to fruition and soon. And I hope you guys are having some good things happening in your lives. We certainly deserve it. I have been drowning in content. I have been watching movies and shows, preparing for these interviews, which I'm so excited to share with you. Everything that I'm watching is so exciting and inspiring. I've been watching the Oscar contenders and a little show called um, Pam and Tommy which you are going to probably have a lot of thoughts about. It's amazing. And the hair and makeup are, in particular, an incredible contribution to the success of this whole world that they created. So I'm excited to share with you an interview with that team. And um, today I'm talking to a woman who I greatly admire. I met her at a relaunch event for her makeup line, actually. The makeup line is called Glamazon. I was truly impressed by her product. And so I wanted her to come on the show and tell you all about it and tell you about herself. Her name is Kim Baker. She began as a Wilhelmina model and then became a makeup artist, as many models do. And now she is a successful entrepreneur with her own line, which is beautiful. Kim was really candid in our talk, and she shares a lot of herself in the interview. I really appreciated how real she was about the challenges in the industry and how she triumphed and overcame all the challenges and she's still doing it right now as we speak and so you're going to find this conversation really inspiring because you can relate to a lot of what she's talking about. So let's get to it without any more ado. Here's Kim Baker. Hi, Kim. I'm here talking to you finally. I'm so sorry for all the back and forth. I have been dying to speak to you since we met. Um, I don't even remember when in the fall when you launched your line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Yes. So thank you so much for taking time to talk to me because we have a lot to cover. You've <laughs> done it all. And I want to talk about all of it and the evolution of Kim Baker. And, um, and of course, talk about your beautiful line, which I'm wearing. And I love it so much. I have on the foundation and Athena from the palette. I love the palette is so pigmented. No, it really is. I mean, uh, people lie and say like, oh, the payoff is great. You know what I mean? But it really is. I'm so impressed. So my Glamazons got their money's worth, baby. You know, yes. I charge nobody like a hundred and something dollars for a palette, you know, but you know, I, <laughs> I know. you got the same quality for 36 bucks. So there you go. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. And it's so like, wide range. You can like do an everyday makeup. You can do a totally glamorous, amazing gold eye. You know, you could lay low. Playing no games. I'm actually wearing one of the colors from it. I can't remember which one, but I kind of played around a little bit. I know I have one um, 
Cairo, some of Cairo. Yay. Okay. The, so those are really that pigmented. Yes. Yes. Honestly, like I'm going to show you right now. Yes. Oh no. I was trying to get my, I was trying to get the Glamazons. St. Marty's birth baby. That's it's beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. And in Allure. So I was really happy because one of the editors at Allure really fell in love with it. And she put it in her November's beauty picks. So yes, 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 yes. I mean, so let's let's talk a little bit about before we it might lead to your origin story, but let's talk a little bit about the little bump in the road and overcoming it in launching your line because you had planned before COVID to put it out. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Um, so I had a different packaging. Aha, uh -huh, right before COVID, which I was on Good Morning America. And someone from Sephora had saw the line on Good Morning America and wanted to try, it was actually the vice president, had saw the, the line on Good Morning America. And, you know, Tori was like bragging about the foundation that she wears it, Robin wears it, Amy wears it. And, um, and uh, so I guess they wanted to try it. So they end up getting some of the product and the people who contacted us from there said, listen, we're going to be frank with you. Oh, we, product, we hate the packaging. <laughs> and that's what really led me on the journey to change the packaging. <laughs> so, that's yeah. a really crazy story that never happens. But it, the whole Black Lives Matter movement was going on at that time. And so many people felt the need to want to support, you know, Black uh. art. Black, you know, anybody that was affected. And I got to be honest, I know, you know, a lot of our white sisters, maybe like such as yourself, don't get to feel that pushback, but it was happening a lot where people would be telling me they were wearing the product. And then I would ask them, well, are you going to write an order? But they wouldn't write an order. I had one lady tell me that her concealer that she was wearing was mine and she loves it and wears it every day, but didn't write an order. Why? Yeah. Why? That's the question. Uh -huh. That's really interesting. Yeah, it happens a lot. The conversation and narrative is real, girl. Wow. Like, we came up with this whole 15% pledge and the next thing you know, other people started coming up with it, you know, but, you know. Wait, tell me about the 15% pledge. Well, that was this initiative that Sephora started to donate 15% of their retail space to help, you know, emerging black brands or, mm -hmm. you know, people of color. Uh, simply because, I mean, you know, if you walked in certain stores mm -hmm. at one time, honey, wasn't nobody speaking to a little brown girl like me. Mm -hmm. I was just a, the passing conversation, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you keep, then you got the jokesters that keep coming out here with a hundred shades of found. What what you got a hundred shades of foundation for, boo? When it's not even a hundred shades of skin tone. So you know that's a joke within itself. Yeah, I, I remember you talking about that. That's really interesting to me, and I never thought about that. So you, that's a marketing ploy, yeah? Like, oh, we have every color. Of Baby, it's such a waste of time. It's such a waste. It's, it's to me being gimmicky to your consumer. Uh, you know, I want to do with Glamazon. The reason why I love being a makeup artist-led brand is I want to implement the education part of understanding that there's only a certain amount of skin tone shades. Like I think maybe even 34 
maybe maximum 32 to 34. And then the rest is your undertone. So why, why do you have a hundred shades of foundation? Yeah. uh, How many foundations do you have? I have 12 that can be mixed and matched into 36 shades. Right. Exactly. I remember that from the launch and they are beautiful. Tell me what they're made of again, because I want everyone to know. Hyaluronic acid, baby, because, you know, mother got to keep that skin smooth, baby. I'm an age kicking and screaming, honey, not going out, you know, so and um, I have crushed pearl in it, which gives mm-hmm. it its lovely glow. No highlighter. I'm not wearing no highlighter. Like you see that little glow, no highlight. I have a little bit on my nose, a little bit of highlighter and that's it. Um, and the purpose of that is when you put this foundation on, you feel the hydration. And like I said, we ain't getting no younger boot. I want a woman to, when she puts it on, she doesn't feel the heaviness of a foundation. And am I true? Is that true? You don't feel- 100%, 100%. No, it's beautiful. Weightless, but yet you can see the effects on the skin where it glows. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. a grandmother. I'm not ashamed to tell anybody, you know, I'm a grandmother of four, but you can't tell by that skin. No. Yes. So yes. And I'm very proud to be that, you know, so many people- your grandparent because I'm one. So, they say, why do you tell people? That you're a grandparent. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's funny. I um I I absolutely love your products. The road must have been lonely to launch a line. I can't imagine. Can you talk about your personal experience with that and like how you how you persevered and kept your dream going? Well, you know, I started out as, you know, I want to say I started out as a model. I was with mm-hmm. Will, I was with Beth Ann first. And I always got to give her her props. And then I was with Wilhelmina. And that is where I made the decision to become a plus size model and pioneer that whole industry with my friend, Susan Georgiay and a bunch of other people. Um, I, I got on this journey of wanting to... Uh, I, I'm going to go even further back than that. Okay. When I was younger, I had gotten some legal trouble. Oh, oh, this is exciting. Oh, I don't know about exciting. It was very scary. And uh, when I got into that legal trouble, I was about 21. And I was with an older man. And I'm going to write a book about this. But uh, I was almost sentenced to life in prison. I was not expecting that. No, nobody ever is. Except for the people that know my story. (laughs) Um, What? And um, what happened was, is the judge, I was a model prior to, and it was mostly guilt by association. And um, and it kind of goes back to when your mom tells you, you know, don't hang out with the wrong crowd. And, you know, you think you've grown and, you know, oh, you're just jealous of me, but that type of thing. Well, anyway, to make a long story short, I was sentenced to 800 hours of community service. And that is where I learned that life is so more, much more than how you look. I learned that helping people, empowering other people, lifting up other people is far more rewarding than anybody ever telling you you have the best cheekbones or the best skin. I mean, I had become so vain from modeling. Um, I had become... And I realized it after I had stopped modeling during the time that I was doing community service, because I was like, why is nobody telling me, you know, my high cheekbones? Why is no one complimenting me? Why is no one, you know, like, like I was just enamored by the fact that people weren't doing the same thing to me that they were doing to me when I was a model. Right. And 
hit me. Hey, Kim, you, you're pretty ugly. You might, you might be a pretty girl on the outside, but you, you're kind of ugly on the inside. You're going to work I, on the end. I wanted to work on me. Mm-hmm. And that was when I really discovered that um, doing things to help others is the best feeling ever. So what mm-hmm. happened was I was trying to decide what was I going to do until I decided if I'm going to go back into modeling makeup because listen i'm still smart i ain't gonna work that hard girl so (laughs) (laughs) looking at cosmetic counters and one day this uh, blonde woman walked in and she was really nasty and i had started working for bobby brown who by the way knew i was a good artist and hired me to work at bobby brown cosmetics from day one and so there was this woman who walked into Bloomingdale's. And when she walked in, she was really nasty to me, really crass. And I said, you know what? I'm going to kill her with kindness. Well, I did my her makeup. I beat that face beautifully with you know, in Bobby's you know, product. And um, I remember this woman looking in the mirror. And when she looked in the mirror, she started to cry. And I, and I thought I did something wrong. And she said, you know what? I want to apologize to you because you were nothing but nice to me. And even though I sat here and, you know, talked to you a certain way, you treated me with respect. And so I need to apologize. She looked in the mirror. She said, this is the first time in a whole week that I felt pretty. She said, my husband left me for his secretary. And today's my birthday. I just turned 51 and I feel old and ugly. You never and- know what someone's going through, right? is when I said I have found what I've been looking for. Not only do I get to do something I love, I get to empower other women. I get to lift up other women. And more importantly, I get to educate other women. And I was so happy that I was led to to treat her with kindness because Mm. treating her with kindness made her day. And she, she, told me that she was going to, you know, call one of her girlfriends, go out to lunch. She felt pretty that day. And my life has never been the same. I was 20, maybe like 21 when that happened. Wow. Today, girl. So I've been doing that ever since. Far more rewarding than modeling. Far more rewarding than people telling me I'm beautiful. Um, now I like when people tell me I'm beautiful on the inside. That's yeah. what Oh, that's amazing. That is a beautiful story. And and were you at uh, Bloomingdale's 59th Street? No, well, I've worked all over. So at for Bobby, I wasn't a um I wasn't a resident artist. I was oh. a local artist, so I would go all over. Oh, yeah. okay. Now yeah. now when you had to go do community service and you were realizing what what was the type of community service that you were doing? So I was doing the food bank of New Jersey. Okay. Then I started doing something called Newark Emergency Services, um, which was uh, homeless women. I would fix, help do their hair, do their makeup, uh, style them. I love dressing. I love clothes. Um, so I would. I started taking stuff out of my old my wardrobe. And let me tell you something, baby. I was a stick at one point. So my old wardrobe was Azadine Alaya. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you had homeless people, you know, getting done. And I started giving things away. And the next thing you know, and then, oh, I was done. I have to tell this story. I had bought a pair of Jimmy Choo's, something called the Glennis shoe. Well, I had asked my daughter to help me put together a bag for the homeless people. Why did she make a mistake and give my Jimmy Choo's away? <laughs> 
is done. Okay. <laughs> that made somebody's day. Um. <laughs> or they're sitting there going, who's Jimmy? So this is the second time person that's told me that Bobby got them into community service. You know, no, Bobby didn't. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So this was your community service. And then that went to, to Bobby. And then, but then that's so, that's so amazing that that's something I don't associate with her or think about that, you know, that's where the idea of empowerment through makeup came to you, you know, was at this Bobby Brown, you know, culture, which I, I, I never remember that. I grew up with Bobby too, you know, but. That didn't come from Bobby. That came from wanting to do something to empower someone else. Bobby came into play in the sense that she knew she met me on a shoot. And she knew that um, I was a good makeup artist and invited me to come and work with her. Um, but I took the initiative to start doing other charitable things. So on my own, I started going out and working for Dress for Success and you know uh, different things that New Jersey has, Cinderella's Closet. Um, and I started pulling my daughters into it as well. And so my daughter, who has amazing taste also, literally helped sell a lot of the young girls from inner cities who could not afford dresses or shoes. And we would style them and, you know, I would help out with the hair and the makeup and we would get these girls ready for, um, you know, their first prom. And uh, things like that is what really started me to wanting to be on this journey of community service. And to this day, I still do things on my own. I take my own capital, my own money, uh, and I buy toys every year and I give it away to uh, inner city children just on the street. And the sad part about that is people always think you're up to something. And what do you mean? We're the world. Um, when I'm out giving away toys, people always say, okay, well, what's the catch? Or, what's the catch? Mm, I'm trying to do something to help someone, you know? No catch. Yeah, but that's the way the world is today. Everybody- I know agenda, I guess. Mm, yeah, that is sad. I know that. Um, I wanted to talk to you about your modeling days because I'll never forget at, when I met you, you mentioned that you had met Way Bandy and I wanted to talk about, I want to go all the way back to talk about that because I, anybody who worked with Way, I need to talk to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I got to meet all the greats. I got to meet, you know, Irving Pence, Francesco Scrivulo, Richard Avedon. I mean, I'm talking about like sit down. Michael Thompson, when he, he was an intern. When he was uh, intern, for Avedon, right? For Avedon. Yeah, yeah. He was an intern from Irving Penn. That's right. That's right. He was lighting for him, right? But the, oh my gosh. Michael Thompson was just a skinny little kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And so, what do you remember about Way? Just really nice, really sweet, kind, gentle touch that I remember when he would do your makeup. He had this very gentle touch. Um, I really didn't understand the power of who he was until I grew in the industry. This education, Kim, it has to happen. It has to happen. We got to teach them. The party today and I'll be feeling sad for the kids because I'm like, honey, y'all don't even know what a party is. When I was coming up. Huh. I know when there were no phones and no, I know what do they do now? Oh my gosh. Tons of money. money. 
Mm. You know, unfortunately, that was during the Coke era and everybody had crazy money. I remember doing photo shoots and getting paid like $7,500. And they would see certain pictures and didn't like it and be like, oh, reshoot. Yeah. Everybody get paid all over again, flown out again. I, I, honey. <laughs> They don't know. I like okay, y'all go right ahead and entertain yourselves. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, and you were with Wilhelmina, yeah. So that that was the cream of the crop. You were you were on top, and I mean, how how different was it? I mean, it was the money, right? It, do you think that was the biggest difference? Um, just the whole energy of the industry. You know, we had parties that were real parties. Diane Brill. Do you remember Diane Brill? I, I had her on the show. She's a friend of mine. Yes. These people, you don't know. Everybody was a character. Yes. You know, Diane Brill was like the Jessica Rabbit, real life Jessica Rabbit back in the day. Yes. You would have people that come with, get out there, Rolls Royces with dyed dogs matching their outfits. And I mean, people were just over the top back then. Yes. And, that era so much because there was no violence to people, you know, mm-hmm. shooting each other up or being afraid to walk into a club or having to have somebody use any device on you. Mm-hmm. You know, I say all the time, I'm so happy to be from the generation I'm from. I would never want to be from the new generation because I feel like they're so limited in their experiences. You know, I feel like we just got to do so much. I would hang out at Peter Beard's house. And I know somebody, some young person probably saying, who's Peter Beard? But he's legendary. He brought Iman here to America. Of course. I met Jacqueline Onassis through Peter Beard. <gasps> what a life. What a life. So, so now you're bringing all of what you know to your line. And what is the biggest lesson that, what is the biggest thing that you didn't expect, like, in, in, in the challenge of bringing a line to life? It is so... You know, I, you know, there's, there's so many makeup lines out here, mm-hmm. but it's so many, like, please forget what I'm about to say. It's so many wasted makeup lines out right. here. I'm like, how do you exist? You, what do you, you, well, I'm, I don't mean to say, I was going to say you sing. I mean, but you, I mean, you're, you do what? And now you have a makeup line. I'll, I'll say it like that. You, oh, you use a makeup artist, but now you got your own makeup line. Oh, so somebody had to show you how to put on your makeup and now you got a makeup on? Oh, okay. You're funny. You're funny. I know it's so it is a challenge. I mean, how do you like say like, no, I really know how to put makeup on. I really know what I'm doing. Right. How do you stand out from the rest? The quality. More importantly than even knowing how to put it on, I know how a makeup, a good makeup brand should feel on your skin. It shouldn't mm-hmm. feel like you're wearing anything. Mm-hmm. And if you wear Glamazon, not only does it not look like you're wearing anything, just like your skin, but better, uh, but you can feel the weightlessness. Like, you yes. know, people say, oh, well, when I wear MAC, you know, MAC feels kind of heavy on my skin. Well, MAC was designed for makeup artists. We were supposed to be using that on set. And somehow, because MAC did this amazing marketing campaign back in the day where they only made it exclusive to makeup artists, then people were outside MAC like, hey, you know, can you go in and get me this? And hey, you know, I'll give you 15. That was one of the smartest campaigns ever. 
I remember like it was yesterday. I felt like my friends thought that, well, Tiffany, let's let's get Tiffany to come over and do our makeup because she has Mac and, you know, because she likes theater. Mm -hmm. If you had a if you had a business like a a portfolio card, uh, then they would let you in. But if you weren't an artist, you couldn't get in. Yeah, yeah. Literally outside saying, hey, you know, I'll buy your stuff if you go get mine. Yes. Smartest things. I've never seen a campaign like that ever. But then do you remember when they started charging makeup artists to be pro? And I was like, wait a minute. What what happened here? Like, we are the ones that made you what you are. And now you're charging for a pro discount. This is crazy. So there was a major disconnect there. I got smart. And I started writing for publications. And and I started doing art direction. Oh, okay. For free. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you, you are available. How did you, how did you announce like, I'm here, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm come to me. What was the thing that made you go screw COVID? I'm ready to do this. I'm going to launch this. Let's go. Let's do this. I had already had the makeup line out there. All I did was revamp my product. But I'm still in the building stages. I mean, there's still a lot of people that don't know Glamazon exists. So I'm still out here promoting, still out here marketing. It's still a new brand. I don't worry about quote unquote competitors because I'm coming from a place of experience. I've been doing makeup over 27 years. Um, I've worked for everyone from Chanel to Yves Saint Laurent to Bobby Brown to Laura Mercier. I've worked for all the top brands. Um, and so I know who had the best concealer, who had, as a matter of fact, one of the things that a lot of people don't know about me is um, the lady, I think I'm, I'm, I can't remember her name, Marion, the lady who started Tarte. Oh yes, of course. My friend, Teresa Rod would know. Um, I can't remember her name either. That's terrible. We got to know. She was first starting Tarte. Okay. I said, Okay, I got your name from a few people in the industry. I know you've worked for Bobby Fears. I know you've worked for Saint Laurent. She says a few Maureen Kelly. Maureen Kelly. She called me personally when she was still working out of her house with her husband. And she was saying, I could really use a, a, a good makeup artist salesperson like yourself. And I told her, I said I'm with Bobby for one reason, is that and that is because I share her philosophy with beauty aesthetics. I said, the reason why I left all the other brands is because Bobby's philosophy is the closest to mine. Look like yourself, just prettier. Yeah. And um, I said, if anything should change in the future, you know, maybe I'll consider it. But I was really content with where I was. And I knew when I left that journey, it was off to start my own. And literally, I started this because I wanted to be the person that yeah, I speak to everyone, but I wanted Black women, Asian women, Afro-Latina women to understand and feel that there's someone out here, you know, with expertise speaking yeah. to them. I would watch many times when I would be doing makeup at Bobby, a lot of Indian women and Black women would stand off to the side and watch me. And when I would beckon them over, they would say no. And I'd say, why? And they say, I don't think you have anything for me. And I would say to them, uh, hello, look at me. 
And that's how I would get women to come over. Well, I didn't want to have to beckon women. I wanted women to see me and say, you know what? I know she has me covered. Oh, I love that. Yes, I love that. And so what what is the biggest challenge that you're facing right now with all of this in this crazy world we're living in? I'm I'm dealing with gimmick brands. (laughs) Dealing with, you know, people who... You, you know, you cannot fake authenticity. You are what you are. And, you know, to see people say, okay, I'm a construction worker. Now I'm going to do a makeup line. And that, I'm just blown away. I'm like, uh, we've been here doing the work. We've been here doing the research. We've been here working in color every day. I've worked for every company from Macy's to you know, to Sears, to advertising campaigns for Ann Taylor. And I've done all of this stuff. And, and p- companies relied on me for my expertise mm-hmm. to say, this is what, you know, women feel is the look of beauty. Even though we were advertising clothes, uh, what people don't understand is the house I'm sitting in, mm-hmm. I paid for from doing makeup. And that is because companies were like, okay, the way you do makeup represents my clientele, a polished woman, a woman who doesn't, the the stuff you see now, Ringling Brothers going on, I don't know what, I mean, I look at some makeup and I'll be one that goes. (laughs) I'm like, what the hell is going on? And like, it's so funny to me too, because it's all out there. It's all like broadcast, like maybe we would have done that in our rooms one day and then, you know, wiped it off. But like, now it's like TikTok, you know, I know. Listen, I get some people, you know, you do the the soft glam gorgeous, uh, certain application gorgeous, but some of the stuff I see girls doing, I'm like, who the hell? (laughs) I am happy that they do it because then all the Macy's work, all the sex work, all the catalog work goes to girls like me. Right, 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 right. Yes. I'm like, keep it up. <laughs> Circus is in town. So, so you're still, you're still working. You're still doing makeup. You're still, yeah. I just do it for like, you know, ad clients. Yeah. Yep. I still, I just did a music video. I, oh, I yeah? Mean, girl. I Those hours? The hours. I did a makeup video a long time. I mean, a, a music video a long time ago for uh, L. Varner. 19 hours. When I yeah. literally finished standing, 19 hours standing. And literally when I ate, I was doing makeup and, and taking bites in between. I mean, it's criminal, but like what I know we shouldn't be keep doing those hours, but we're still there. I know no more music videos that that's done. I won't do it. I, I paid my dues with that. Yeah. But, and, and I want to clarify one thing. Me saying, you know, some people do this makeup that I just feel doesn't really represent the industry. It's their art, but it's 
too much out here that's really taken away from what makeup artistry is all about. Mm-hmm. Makeup is supposed to enhance someone's beauty, not conceal it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's, and that, you know, I need to say that, but in no, by no way am I making fun of anybody's artistry. But, you know, d- just don't take away from the art form. That's mm-hmm. the thing. So anyway, I need to clarify that. Well, know. or like maybe it's, it's, you know, it's over here and this is, you know, and what you want to do is over here, you know. Yeah. But I, like I said, it's no threat to people like you or myself because we know what, what Ann Klein or, you know, Macy wants. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Exactly. It's a whole nother category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and I and, my, and much respect to a lot of the influences out of, out here. They created a whole nother category, but I still think that there needs to be a clear definition between a working makeup artist and a person that just takes a camera and you know puts it on themselves. On themselves, it's a right. huge difference. Yeah, huge difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree completely with that. Yeah, that's tough. And I don't know if it's generational. Um, You know, I always sound like an old lady complaining about it. But, you know, it is why are you taking the word of somebody who's never tried this on any other face? And they are clearly being paid to say that it's, you know, it's tough. It's tough. It's it's tough. I don't know what what makes it uh, gospel, you know. But gospel is that we're not out there counteracting it, saying, "Hey, okay, yeah, that's a good point." We're pro artists. We're paid by top retailers. We're paid by you know that's what it's going to take. It's going to take us to get back out here and do the work, you know. And where before we were just focused on putting products on our clients, now we have to create the narrative about it and our expertise and, and what we basically have to take back our claim, our space, you know? That's yes. Thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. When you know better, you do better. And that's the difference. We got to get back to our education. The, that's good. We, we have to get back to our education. We, we kind of, we were so busy just out here sending our books out to editors not realizing we are ignoring a whole group of women who need us, mm-hmm. women, women who need us, um, everyday women looking for guidance. Mm-hmm. 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 I'll never forget when, when I was still <laughs> learning makeup and I went to a class at Makeup Forever and the teacher came by my little station and my model looked at my model and he was like, and he, he said, he took a wipe and he just started wiping the face off. And then he handed me two products and he said, I'm only allowing you to use these two products. It was a brown eyeshadow and a foundation, you know, a concealer. And he was like, let me see what you do. And then he came back and was like, there you go. You know, it's like, you don't need to like, it's like, you know, Beyonce when she just stands still, you know, <laughs> Sometimes you just, just two things, just one thing, you know, and it's as, as beautiful as it can be right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. 
And, um, you know, it's okay to be more than a minimalist, but that's after you've received all your education. You know what yes, I'm saying? That, yes, that's exactly what I was trying to say. Yeah, just start start from there and then build up. Absolutely. And so many women are so much more beautiful when they stick with the basics anyway. Because remember, part of the beauty comes from your your features and, you know, and with makeup, you can kind of, you know, redimensionalize everything if that's a word. But, you know, you can, like, for instance, I have lopsided eyebrows, but you can't tell right now because of the way I draw them in. Mm-hmm. But if I was to take these jokers off, you'll be like, wait a minute, one is down here and one is up there. Okay. Wait, I love how you just, we just, we're, let's make that happen. Redimensionalize. Let's make, that's going to be a word we're going to use now. <laughs> um, your mascara is my favorite thing in the world. And I have been meaning to ask you, what is in it? Are there fibers in it? So there are no fibers, but it is black as hell. Oh and my God what makes your eyelashes look so much longer there's no fibers in it but i am going to end up doing one with fibers but it literally and i have zero eyelashes so i wanted it black 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 so it makes it look like i have more yeah it it always looks wet like even when it's dry that's what i love about it and i always get compliments when i wear it i love it so much it is it is incredible but that foundation you got on is looking lovely on you. I love it. Praline dream. Yes. Great on you. Yes. Yes. You matched me perfectly. And um, anybody who saw that picture was like, this is the best your skin has ever looked. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's great. Yes. So I'm so. What's that? I'm wearing uh, number eight. You're wearing number eight. Um. Okay. Oh my gosh. Is there anything else you want to tell me, Kim? Kim, I love talking to you. I, 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 I love how honest you are and how you keep it real and still so positive. And like, there's something that we can do (laughs) in the industry and just how you just keep going. And I, you've had such an amazing life. And, and I wonder if you have any advice for people, any advice for makeup artists out there? Um, yes. It's, if you're going to get into makeup artistry, get into it with purpose, you know, mm, that's really good advice. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, be authentic at what it is you do, you know, provide education because that's what I'm getting back to. Mm-hmm. I have to, you know, you just see it's too much out here going on. That's wrong. And <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm being honest when I say this. Yes, that's what I love. That's because we forgot along the way to really stop and educate. And it's because mm-hmm. so many times we're zipping off to photo shoots or, you know, uh, shows or whatever it is that we do, brides, you know? Yes. You know, especially someone like myself with a brand, I really have to get out here and provide education. So I am going to take on a retail partner now so that I can get more indoors and do, you know, other things, but until then, I'll be doing pop-up shops and things like that. So. What What do you mean by that? Take on a real t- retail partner? Oh, for Glamazon, I want to get Glamazon in stores now. Oh yes, of course, of course, of course. Have you thought I- of Have you thought of starting a school? I have. Yeah, I think. Oh my gosh, I think you would be amazing at that. I thought about that. Yes. Uh, 
you know, I got to focus on getting in a, a retail space first. A retail yeah. Market. And that'll kind of help me spread the, the gospel. Yes. And, um, yeah. Oh, well, I look forward to everything that you have in store and I will be there for all of it. I'll be first in line. Glamazonbeauty.com. Yes. And tell us where you are on IG and all those good things. Glamazon Beauty Cosmetics on Instagram and Glamazon Beauty on Facebook. And uh, Instagram, uh, TikTok, I don't know because I haven't started doing TikTok yet. Um, I'm going to start. It's just, it's so much just really trying to create the brand, develop video content, because that's a must. And that's what I'm doing right now is developing more content to provide more education about the product. Can you share advice about, there's a lot of people with, um, who are like looking into starting lines or starting, you know, not even not in makeup um, that listen to this entrepreneurs. And I wanted to know if you had any advice about that. Would you build the content first and then launch it or vice versa? Which, which is. You have to have product first. Product know? first, product first. Okay. Be able to use it in your video. But um, I, I say, think about what it is that you want it, want to create because a cosmetics company is I have never done something more expensive in my life. Right, right. Formulation, developing, R&D. Lawyers. Hmm? Lawyers. Lawyers. Um, it is the most expensive undertaking. I always say, you know, this is God's grace for me working so hard and being pers persistent. I remember my days as a makeup artist lugging my makeup case out four and five in the morning to get to shoots on time. And I paid my, the ultimate price to have Glamazon. And that is being consistent, persistent and taking every dime I had and investing it into my brand. Mm. You know, um, when you really believe in yourself and you really stand on faith, never waver from what your goals are. Always keep it in the back of your mind why you're doing this, what the agenda is. Never allow the fact that you see someone else doing the same thing affect what you're doing. Because remember, there's only one you and there's only one you with your technique, your reason, your purpose, your education, uh, and your experience. So um, I say that to say, you know, Keep going, stay the course, you know, um, don't quit no matter what it is. And don't worry about what so-and-so is over there creating. So um, that is going to be li uh, what it literally is going to get you from the point of your thought to actually being able to hold your baby and hold your product and, and share with other people. And I remember when it was just a thought in my head, you know, ironically, my old packaging looked the way it looked, you know, and it, it now to me, when I look at it, it looks dated. But when I face, first started it, I my purpose was the black componentry was, you know, for the woman who created it, the purple was for her royalty and the flowers were for her femininity. Well, this time, I thought of, you know, what is an all out Glamazon? So I just did simple black packaging, a beautiful square shape and, um, and bold goal for our personality. So, you know, um, yep, that is it. That is my baby. So, you know, I, I recreated that with 
all of us in mind. And I wanted something that was timeless. You could look at that 10 years from now and she's still going to look modern. And yes, yes. Very classy. And look at this pic. Look at you. Are you kidding me? (laughs) This was all done with you guys in mind. Just wanting to give women beautiful product. And, you know, I have to say this. My line is for all women. It is Mm -hmm. creator who is a black woman. Mm -hmm. Um, I mostly did deeper shades because I wanted to speak to the woman who was least spoken to in the beauty industry. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how, because we are some of the biggest spenders in the industry. (laughs) You're like, wait, how does this work? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, um, Hopefully, I, I think I delivered the goods. I hope so anyway. I mean, I love it. I know everybody that was at the launch loved it, the relaunch. And I wish you nothing but the most success. Thank you. Thank you. It looks beautiful on you. So I'm thank super happy. you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon, Kim. Thank you. Namaste. And thank you so much for this opportunity. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you got a lot out of that conversation. I know I did. I was thinking about it for a couple days. Come back next week. Can't wait till you join me again. Look Behind the Look is a Vinyl Foot production written by me, your host, Tiffany Bartok. Produced by Jace Bartok, edited by Nicole Tucker. With art design by Kelly Riley. If you're interested in learning more, find our video version on the YouTube channel, Look Behind the Look podcast. There you can see rare photos and clips from our guests. And please follow us on Twitter at LookBehindPod and Instagram at LookBehindTheLook. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. And tell your friends and spread the word. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or any podcatcher of your choice. Thanks for listening to Look Behind the Look.